thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hi and welcome. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea, and we are the Wellness Women. And today's episode is all about asking a very important question of you guys, and that is, how good are you in bed? <laughs> now, before you jump in and think all those uh, naughty thoughts, we're actually talking about something really essential, critical, and uh, something none of us can avoid on a daily basis, and that is sleep. And so today we're going to talk about sleep because essentially none of us are really getting quite as much as we need. We have uh, a common discussion with friends and family how fatigue is one of the number one health concerns that so many people have. So Angie, let's have a chat um, yeah, about sleep and what we're going to discuss with our listeners today. Uh, yeah, and you're spot on. It is one of the most important things that we need to address because it is one of the number one reasons why people seek out their um, practitioners or their medical doctors is for fatigue. Um, and you know, I am sure that, that you're the same in practice. Almost every single one of our, our patients is, is tired, is lacking in sleep, needs to prioritize it more and also understand why that's so important. Um, and you know, whenever I'm taking a, a new patient health history, I always just assume that they're, you know, sleep deprived or that they're fatigued because none of us are getting enough and none of us are getting enough quality sleep. And I think that's the key because really um, a lot of us can lie down and sleep the standard recommendation of eight hours, but wake up still feeling somewhat uh, fatigued or feeling like you haven't recharged. So it's not necessarily about how much you're getting, but essentially the quality of the time you are sleeping for. So getting into that deep sleep pattern that allows you to rest and recharge. So I think um, for a lot of people as well, just talking about you know why sleep's so important is simply with sleep, you have the energy and the recharge to get up every day and live to your fullest potential. Now, for some people, fullest potential might simply mean just being the best mum they can be, looking after their family, running you know, a really hectic household, and that's an amazing thing, and that's your fullest potential. For others, it'll just be wanting to go to work every day and give their absolute best, you know, achieving the tasks and the directives that that day has been set out to do. And for others, it's just literally walking around the block as we get older, the goal sets shift and that idea of fullest potential, the bar may move a little bit. And as long as you're reaching that capacity that you have, then that's what uh, full potential is all about. And that's what we're all about as well. Yeah. And I like to call sleep a force amplifier. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Like, like what you said, uh, you know, if you get a good night's sleep, you really can, you know, kind of wake up. The world is your oyster, you can, you can take on the world. Whereas if you get a crappy night's sleep or you're sleep deprived, life sucks. And you can ask any new mum who's sleep deprived, you know, it's it's pretty tough. And there's a, you know, it's there's a reason why it's used as a form of torture. Um, you know, that, yeah. that sleep deprivation, which is yeah. pretty scary. Uh, so yeah, look, it's certainly what I um, educate all my patients about, that yes, it's a sleep amplifier, it's a force amplifier, so remember that. So if you think uh, you know you're tired and we've just said, look, lots of people are getting it, I think the first thing to remember is, one, you're not alone. Um, because we were having a look at some stats about what's happening with um, the adult population in sleep patterns. And the reality is that the prescription rates of medications for sleeping pills has doubled since the year 2000. And that is 
absolutely indicative of the desperate need we all have to try and get better sleep. You know, we're, we're desperate, we're tired. That's really scary. Yeah. Really, absolutely. And probably even for me, <laughs> the way I see the world worse than that is the fact that children aged 1 to 19 are taking prescription sleeping medications and that rate has risen by 85% in that same period. And that is just mind-blowing. So it's not just adults, it is our kids too who are really struggling with this. So today's topic is going to nail some of the key ways we can overcome this, not just for ourselves, but for our children and our family as well. Yeah, because what are we setting them up for if they're so reliant on sleeping medication at that young age? Yeah, Um, how does it get better from there? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, Ash, I'm sure we've all heard that saying, you can sleep when you're dead. And, you know, that is a terrible cliche because that will, you know, make sure that that inevitable end comes a lot quicker. And we really pride ourselves on that, um, you know, being so super busy and uh, needing to be so overproductive that sleep is the thing that we're happy to... um, you know, shorten. Oh, and it's a badge of honour, isn't it? Yeah, we, yeah. we sort of say, oh, I'm too busy. I haven't got time for that. I, I you know, I, I get up so early and I go to bed so late. You know, it's, there's it's, too much to do. It's the sleep deprivation one-upmanship. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. That's going on, you know, that, that humble brag that, oh, I don't need to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, we hear it all the time. And there's actually, um, you know, a, a study that shows that 6% of the population have a gene that predisposes them to be able to, you know, function on six hours sleep. Uh, And whereas, you know, we certainly see that we think 94% of the population actually think that they have that gene. Yeah. yeah. Whereas they really, truly don't. And there's so many studies that show how detrimental, you know, sleep deprivation is to their system. Whereas these people can function on six hours sleep. And my interpretation of it is I don't think they could thrive, but they can function on that. Um, And it's a hard example too, isn't it? Because we all see like Business Insider and FinReview, they run articles on, on famous people, executives, you know, world leaders who are running on three, four, five, six hours sleep a night. I mean, famously, um, uh, you've got people like Oh, they've got Bill Clinton. Clinton uh, was saying that sleep is a criminal waste of time. Yeah, yeah Bill Clinton. Um, you know, famous for having four hours sleep a night. Um, the who is it? The um, Italian politician. Oh, that's um, right. So we're Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's running on two to four hours sleep a night, and I think we all know why that was. <laughs> and they all gloat about this. Yep. Yeah. So Trump, three to four hours sleep a night. Yeah. Um, and you know, these might be very highly functioning individuals, but what is the trade-off? Yeah, you know, and there's few and far between of those. For exactly. everyone else that makes that top mark with, uh, I guess, lifestyle habits like that, the others are burnt out, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And we also don't know what their health state is like, uh, and we don't know what kind of biological markers um, have take the brunt of this for them. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so many of us are trying to perform like these guys and think that, oh, you know, if they can do it, we can, we can survive on four hours sleep when really, truly we can't. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's go into that. Let's look at what's happening for, you know, really typical scenarios that we see every single day. Yeah. So um, like your daily, I mean, we're not talking about the Donald Trumps now. We're talking yeah. about everyday mums and dads doing the normal routine, so to speak. Um, and that usually starts with bam, 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 the, uh, the crazy alarm clock at, you know, whatever hour of the morning, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Waking us up usually out of a sleep cycle. 
cycle. So yeah. we might be, you know, dead asleep. It's bringing us straight out of that, which is not part of that natural rhythm of sleep anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's a fairly violent way to wake up. Yeah, fight or flight response on straight away. Yeah. Like, oh, here we go. Um, gets the cortisol running, doesn't it? And we usually hit snooze a few times after that anyway. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> desperation to catch a few more minutes of sleep. Up and down a few times there. Yeah. yeah. And then from that, it's usually straight into the, the get-go, isn't it? You go a strict amount of time to get from the bed to the shower to the breakfast table if you do actually stop at the breakfast table which most people are not doing they're doing breakfast on the run to the car to the traffic to the office then what then they're being hit with um all sorts of emails flying at them left right and center sitting down at their desks having you know this primal fight or flight response to stressful situations which would should usually be reserved for you know being chased by a saber-toothed tiger yeah and this is happening multiple multiple times a day Throw in a few cups of coffee as well. Yeah. Bump up the caffeine. Give our adrenals a nice good punch. Are you get stressed just thinking I about know. the snow? Yeah, I'm so to help people survive like this. Yeah, um, but it is so prevalent. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody is existing like this. Yeah, and it starts from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed because usually when do we check our last email it's usually while we're lying in bed on our iPhones and we are so connected nowadays um, but that is definitely not conducive for rest and for health absolutely and not to mention technology in the evenings you know if it's not watching an episode of your favorite show or you know scanning through a few things on the internet a bit of you know internet surfing um, it's the last minute sort of Facebook checks um as you're lying in bed and we're all go to sleep. <laughs> yeah totally me too you know yeah. it's one of those things that um it's a habit that suddenly you know, realize has crept in and you didn't even realize you were doing it um and then you know you get your phone turn it off and suddenly you're in darkness and your brain is supposed to go to sleep then isn't it and that's a really really hard thing to switch off so let's just talk about that um that blue light for a second which will lead us into our circadian rhythm so our yep. light dark cycles great um so um one thing that all of our electronics have these days is what we call a blue light or, or that reflection from there whereas natural sunlight is a completely different spectrum and this blue light keeps us awake um, and it keeps us engaged and it tricks our brain, our body into thinking that it's still daytime, so we still need to be up. Um, and part of this is modulated by a hormone called melatonin. Mm. Melatonin is what helps us to regulate and to synchronize our circadian rhythms or our sleep-wake cycles. Yeah, so, right. So a lot of people have seen in the pharmacies and in the health food shops as well, they're selling this stuff in bottles now, aren't they? Yeah, and I can see why, because yeah. there's, there's a pill for it every ill. So if you're not sleeping, if your melatonin is not working very well, just take some take some extra melatonin. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of side effects that come along with that as That's well. That's a real danger to to um, thinking you know what your body needs when your body knows what it needs best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So we are made to come up with the sun. It goes down with the sun. So having, you know, those equal parts of light and dark, uh, and that's modulated by a part of our brain called the pituitary gland, which releases a whole bunch of different hormones, which then, you know, stimulates melatonin, which is initiated by the coming of darkness at night yeah so that dimming light that light change yeah which helps to initiate that sleep which is disrupted by our you know halogens our 
or iPhones, you know. Well, we're living in an age where you flick a switch and you've got instantaneous light. Exactly. Um, whereas our ancestors, even our grandparents, some of them were still living by candlelights in that age and that's something that made a really big difference, isn't it? And that's something that I would actually encourage people to start to change and we'll get into some of these things. Yeah, um, these are the solutions we're going to be sharing. Yep, about absolutely. how to how to change on these things because we can't you know, change the fact that we have electricity now. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and we don't want to because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this right now. So, no, that's um, absolutely true. And what are some of the, um, I guess, other things related to these hormones? You know, the, the effect of a lack of sleep or a lack of quality sleep is obviously really mucking up our body's uh, biochemistry, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And the detrimental health effects of sleep deprivation are alarming. Yeah. And it affects every system of the body. So not yeah. only does it disrupt the hormones, which I'll talk a bit more about in just a moment, but it um, downregulates the immune system. It has a huge impact on our mental health as well. Um, so there's lots of studies that show that there's a predisposition to things like bipolar and schizophrenia with um, you know, the poor sleep or lack of sleep. Um, and that's a really strong correlation because you can't think and function normally and you can't regulate brain chemistry without adequate sleep. Yeah. Um, it also affects our body mass index, um, our uh, body fat percentage and ratios and things like that. And mm. that's because of this hormonal function. So first of all, when we are spending all day, you know, in absolute fight or flight or our sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight response is in absolute overdrive, mm. that is supposed to come down at night when we go into sleep. So we're supposed to switch that over to our parasympathetic nervous system, which, you know, helps our body to rest and digest which is supposed to happen at night and during sleep yes. but instead with how stressful our lifestyles are going into that constant flight or flight response all day long we're coming home we're you know eating a quick dinner um our digestive systems aren't working very well yeah then we're sitting down in front of the tv watching some psychopathic <laughs> show like bloody dexter or something i thought you were gonna say the bachelor <laughs> Or The Bachelor. Absolutely. Or The Bachelor. Um, I have a TV and it's for a reason. Um, But but I get all these references. So yeah, all like The Bachelor. And we're all getting adrenalized again before sleep because of this bloody stimulus. And then our adrenaline and cortisol levels are peaking at night Mm. when they should be lowest at this time of day. Um, And we've, we've changed our lifestyle around this as well. So a lot of people will, if they're doing exercise, which is fantastic they might finish their work day at five or six o'clock and then they'll go to the gym and have a really hard workout yeah again boosting all of these hormones and these chemicals which is not induce, which will not induce good quality sleep because it's it's too stressful in the body and it's not to say in the exercises um is bad for you no absolutely it's, not but it's finding this balance of um stress inducing exercise Versus, uh, versus the calming effects that exercise can have on our yeah. nervous system as well. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Just working out how we are going to regulate our nervous system function to help allow us to get better quality of sleep. Yeah. yeah so I guess, some. Um, I mean, it's not really fair, is it? You look at the animal kingdom and some creatures can, you know, sleep, uh, you know, next to nothing at all. And, and then there's others in the animal kingdom that have to sleep literally all day long, like our, you know, famous ambassador friend, the koala. But thankfully we're somewhere in the middle. Um, we do get to have a really productive number of hours in the day, but we really also have to acknowledge the biological purpose of sleep. Yeah. And I think we've touched on some of those things already, but I, 
really do believe that most of us are just not prioritizing sleep because we haven't valued enough the essential need that sleep creates recovery and cellular repair. And I love how you just brought in the animal kingdom there because yeah. we are the only mammals that will willingly push back sleep. Yeah, forgo it <laughs> and completely say I don't need it. Yeah. And everything else lives to its body clock according to its biological needs, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And we've got free will. So we managed to override free will, says I don't need sleep, I'm not going to bed now, I don't have to, I haven't got time for this, yeah. uh, which is setting us up for this cascade of health crisis um, and hormonal disruption as well, not to mention you know every other ailment that comes with sleep problems. And that is such a large spectrum. It goes as far as all of our lifestyle diseases like cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. I mean, these are just all things are on the same list. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, when we talk about um, cellular recovery and repair, what's the hormone that really does all the work when we're sleeping that uh, is doing this repair? Oh, yeah, human growth hormone. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we often forget about that, you know, little hormone that we need and that's just... And it does it exactly, it does exactly what, it, what it's called. This yeah. is... Um, part of it, it grows our bones it grows nice strong healthy bones it's essential in kids especially teenagers when they're going through those growth spurts there's a reason they need more sleep than what we do and yeah so just claim a minimum <laughs> nine hours sleep they're not being lazy teenagers. yeah lazy grumpy teenagers disclaimer all parents please yep. be aware there is a biological need your teenager is throwing their head under the doona after the alarm clock's gone off 45 times um, for a minimum of nine hours a night yes uh, and again they're not getting enough and and hence why they're turning to pharmaceuticals to try and feel well, that gap. Pharmaceuticals would almost be a lucky outcome, wouldn't it? How many teens are turning towards illicit drugs yeah, as well yeah, to try and fill the voids uh, that are coming from all of this disruptive hormonal chemistry yeah, um, thanks to yeah it is scary and it's got far-reaching effects and I think this is where we sometimes downplay you know the the societal impact of sleep deprivation but if you really consider how one thing can roll into another we're really talking about community crisis here we're talking about community health needs that we need to address not just in our own households but our children our families and everyone else as well so this is why we're so passionate about this I mean this is obviously why this episode is big and exciting and important to us because I think if you could just change even one thing in your week this week, in that's a conscious attention to your sleep patterns, then that will be one thing better than where you were before listening to this episode today. So, um, I mean, immune activity as well, that's another thing that uh, at this time of year, we're currently in winter here in the Southern Hemisphere, so, you know, we're, we're looking at some really heavy cycles of uh, viral infections, a lot of people got colds and flus and all sorts of things happening. Everyone around us is sick. Yeah. No one is willing to rest to allow their bodies to repair from that. And it's such a vicious cycle. Yes. Uh, and then it, it's becoming a lot more chronic as well because they're not allowing their immune systems to recover and things are just cascading. Um, so everybody around us is sick at the moment. Yeah. And how about the, uh, as well, the effect on um, something like memory concentration problem solving? What, what happens there with uh, a lack of sleep? It's impossible to be able to think rationally. Yeah. Um, you can't stimulate your prefrontal cortex properly to be able to have um, that, that memory recall um, because we're in this fight or flight response all day long. Um, the blood is diverted away from that part of our brain because we're in pure survival mode. Yeah, so um, students, take note. This is where, you know, if you want to be doing well at your studies at school, at uni, um, you can't do these 4 a.m., 
you know, sleep study episode sessions and expect to be at your absolute capacity doing the best with all that, you know, information. Cramming all night long yeah. does not work. Yeah. Because it actually filters out a lot of that information anyway if you do even just get a little bit of sleep. So Yeah, and hence the reason you, you know, meet someone new and you can't remember their first name and they just introduce themselves and you think, oh, wow, you know, where did that glitch in the matrix go? That was a, a real lapse in that short-term memory. Um, and we already touched on the mood and the mental health. Of course, we, you know, know it's... Uh, well-known that somebody is in, associated with depression, um, clear reason why, and that's the lack of sleep, again, shutting down the prefrontal cortex. Um, and then this can also exacerbate a number of the psychological conditions, including even things like post-traumatic stress disorders, which, you know, we're dealing with society today where there's a lot of, you know, traumatic events happening in the world. Um, people are being affected in all different ways, and that's often bringing these sorts of problems forward and not helping the resolution of these mental health concerns. So um, I guess as well, let's dive deep into the biochem because the big one that's involved in our, our guest profession as well is inflammation. Yeah, and which is one of the really pervasive things that affects so many different systems and is a precursor to such chronic diseases as well. And I did say inflammation, not inflammation. Yeah. So <laughs> inflammation being that um, that response, obviously, it's uh, any time that your lack of sleep increases your cortisol levels, which is your main stress hormone, um, what that tends to do is create a low-grade inflammation throughout your body. And it's now really clear, as you've probably seen from things like, you know, the I Quit Sugar and all this, these books that are coming out, talking about paleo, vegan, always, I mean, the 5252 um, diet, all are geared towards the same thing, aren't they? And that's to reduce the inflammatory response in the body to promote cellular healing and repair mm -hmm. yeah. and to get our life biochemistry biology back on track the way it was designed to with that inborn potential we've always had. And that's what's being, I guess, negated by this yeah. chronic inflammatory cycle. Um, I mean, hey, what sort of conditions are we talking about when we talk about inflammation? I mean, there's so many that are involved. There's, yeah, absolutely. So the heart disease, obesity, diabetes, um, any kind of autoimmune conditions as well. Um, yeah. there, was, there was a study that has shown um, lack of sleep or lowered um, you know, sleep intake for a week will predispose normal, you know, quote unquote, normal, healthy young individuals to a pre-diabetic state just after one week Whoa. because of how it changes um, the insulin levels yeah. uh, and because of the role that cortisol has on regulating blood sugar levels as well. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty scary. One week of less sleep in normal healthy individuals and it can put you into a pre-diabetic state. That's pretty alarming. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, then the, the big C, you know, we're talking about cancer aren't we yeah, absolutely. and of course i don't think there's anyone in you know us or our listening audience who hasn't been touched either indirectly or directly by the devastation of cancer and that effect on health and well-being you know and how that changes the bio biological function of the body and of course the destruction of cellular tissues so i think you know we we probably hopefully hit home now the importance of sleep. You know, all of these things come about because of this this disruption to the internal chemistry. There is no pill that can fix you. There is no pill that can substitute the essential biological need for sleep. 
and that includes supplements as well. I know yeah. we've talked a lot about the adrenal glands, and uh, I think a lot of people have heard things about adrenal fatigue, and that's becoming um, you know a bit more of a, a, a buzzword. And we're actually recognizing the um, the existence of you know adrenal fatigue these days as well. But that doesn't mean that you can just go to your health food store and talk to the <laughs> the teenager over the counter and get a pill to support your adrenal glands. It doesn't work that way. No, absolutely it doesn't. So how about we get into the thing that you guys have all uh, patiently stayed on the way for now, and that is really the solutions. Yep. We're going to run through a series of the key sort of strategies and little hacks and shortcuts and tricks that are really designed to reset your body clock and uh, get your sleep patterns back online so that hopefully you can do your minimum amount of sleep with the highest quality so you can get the most out of your, out of your sleep patterns and then, of course, recharge so that you can get the most out of your day, the most out of your life, you know, live to your potential, do what you're designed to do. Yeah, and the first thing I invite everybody to do is actually to join what we call our 10 p.m. club. So be in bed by 9.30 to be asleep by 10. And that might be a bit of a shock to some of your systems, being like, how the hell can I get to bed by 10 p.m.? Um, but a lot have studies have shown that the sleep you actually get before midnight, because of that circadian rhythm, because of those light-dark cycles, the sleep you get before midnight is worth two after. You know, there's a, there's a saying about that. Yeah. Um, so getting to sleep by 10 p.m., is a really good place to start. Or if you're a bit of a nana like me uh, and my <laughs> husband as well, we're, we're the 9pm club. We're, we're the ones that are uh, well and surely in bed by 9 and hopefully you know, dropping off to sleep just after 9 o'clock because we do have very early starts in our house for, for sports and training. So, um, yeah, whichever club you want to join, the 9pm or the 10pm, <laughs> we don't mind, but there is no other club. You know, we, we, we can't be stretching that boundary and saying 10.30 is okay, 11 o'clock is okay, and it's absolutely not okay for our, our juniors and our kids as well, our teenagers. Um, and, look, I guess that sort of enters into the old discussion of you probably heard this this idea that there's owls amongst us and there's larks, you know, the people that are night owls and the, the people that are morning larks. Um, that's absolutely true. However, I think it's still important to recognise that sleep is sleep and it happens in the night time. And we're not nocturnal. Yeah. You know, we are born mammals. So that is, that is a hormonal disruption yeah. that creates that stimulus at night. And, um, you know, it comes back into adrenal fatigue. Usually those people will wake up, want to hit snooze a few times, need caffeine to start their day. They'll crash mid-afternoon about three or four o'clock and then they'll perk back up again at night. Yes. And it's not necessarily something to gloat about that, you know, I'm a night owl. It's, you know, you've got some biochemical issues here and some hormonal disruption that means that you're peaking at night um you know which is not your body's out of balance yeah absolutely and so you know that's the sort of stuff that um we say start to make a habited behavioral change um we've just been talking about something about uh the, what we call a 30-day challenge and that's literally saying to yourself for the next 30 days and you're going to either add something in or take something away and in this case we want you to add in the sleep pattern. Making it a priority. Making it a priority, absolutely. So add it in, lock it down, say, I, I will be in bed by this time every single night for 30 days and just start to see how you start to shift and gently reset your clock. I mean, for anyone who's ever travelled international and has had this, you know, of, from us here in Australia, the long-haul return to London, that absolutely mucks up your, your biological clock and you have to consciously reset that clock gently over a period of days to get out of that jet lag cycle so what you do when you travel internationally is absolutely the same thing you can do when you go to bed 
traditionally very late but you want to bring that time earlier yeah it's possible isn't it yeah absolutely and you know in future podcasts we can talk about how to really manage um you know traveling well for health uh and coping with jet lag and things like that there are ways that you can do that um so that your body doesn't take such a brunt from that but another thing let's let's move on to the next thing um and that is we want all of your phones away from the bedroom yeah phones and, and technology yeah, gadgets yeah, yeah kindles anything that's backlit yeah exactly any of that blue light stimulus and if you're using your you know your phone as your alarm clock then get a new alarm clock or put it on flight mode flight so mode such a simple solution yeah. yeah and then that way you're not getting the you know the emf radiation right next to your head while you sleep as well um but it will hopefully stop you from waking up in the middle of the night and feeling the urge to check facebook at two o'clock in the morning yeah when you yeah absolutely yeah, and, and having that light stimulus as well it's just too much of a temptation for most people yeah to, or even just to check the time you have to hit the the phone button which brings the light bright on and you get this burst of light in your face and uh, of course straight away your brain goes oh well, hello yeah it wakes you up right right away yeah i look one that um i live by in my house and always have i've loved my mum always had this you know thing that when we got home in the evenings um it wasn't every light in the house on it was always we lived by lamplight you know we didn't live by the overhead lights or in the house we lived by the corner lamps and so we really did have a conducive setting for down regulating calming down bringing that energy down and um, that's something i still do as a habit is that we live by lamps in the evenings to avoid that bright light stimulus you've been talking about yeah beautiful so create some ambiance with some lights uh, some lamps and some candlelight uh, and yeah it's really really pleasant and will help you feel tired around the times when you should be going to bed anyway yeah certainly um, and let's talk about the actual bedroom itself what can we do in our bedroom room itself to help make that room space better for our sleeping quality well i love the saying that the bedroom should be for love making and sleep only <laughs> and i certainly <laughs> encourage reasons. you yeah. i certainly encourage you to look at your bedroom space and figure out what you can actually get out of there that is not conducive for you know, either being there with your partner or sleeping. And, you know, I know for me, I've got books stacked up next to next to my bedside table. Um, but is there a TV in your bedroom? Is there a computer in your bedroom? Um, do they need to be in there? And, uh, you know, those are just far too distracting to allow good quality sleep. And especially if uh, there's lots of people who actually leave their TVs on while they sleep mm. and you're just not going to be able to get into that deep REM sleep that you need with that kind of background noise and stimulus. Yeah, it's keeping one ear, one eye open, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. and you may not even be aware of it because you've been doing it for so long, mm. so you have just recalibrated to being used to you know, this really poor sleep. Yeah. Um, the other thing you can look at is how dark your room is. Yeah, um, so how can you change the darkness in a room? Oh, certainly looking at you know your curtains so there's blockout curtains or yeah blockout blinds yeah yeah um, just making sure there's no electrical glow from any anything that's plugged yeah. in yeah put some tape over those little lights that are showing something's on yeah yeah which is yeah. really important so the darker the room the more conducive it is for sleep and the same with the temperature as well so at night um, as we're starting to come down our body temperature will actually drop 
which then boosts all the good chemicals that helps us to sleep properly and it's almost like it flicks a switch so the temperature in your room is is important as well so making sure that it's nice and cool it's not too hot and you can kind of get snuggly if need be yeah and look studies and science have said that the optimum temperature for a room in the evenings is actually about 21 degrees celsius so you know when it's too hot and you know that you haven't had a good night's sleep because you're flipping and flopping and you wake up not feeling very rested and there's a really good reason for that because you would have definitely been over the 21 degree mark and so you weren't in that uh, that quality sleep zone which is in that temperature range um i think you know as well just having a look at um the key about what we're doing before bedtime so there's the role for example things like yoga and breathing techniques yeah absolutely i know we've talked a little bit about our fight or flight responses and if you feel like you have had a really stressful day there are ways to help to switch that up purely with breathing um, and so you know we can talk you through that right now so there's a technique that they use in yoga called parasympathetic breathing again which is that rest uh, and digest part of your nervous system and you can initiate that by putting one hand on your chest one hand on your belly and then actually I'm going to get you to do this with me now so okay. I explain it properly yeah. and what you want to do is you want to breathe deep into your belly so deep diaphragmatic breathing Once so the belly's coming out yep, so the yep. belly's coming out and then you're feeling the chest so your bottom hand on your belly is going to move so you feel your belly feel your chest yeah then breathe out from the chest out from the belly and just breathing out through the mouth yeah relaxed yeah um, okay and you can repeat that over and over again and if you find that it's hard to get off to sleep what I usually advise patients to do is actually to count while you do that so count one two on the in-breath and one two on the out-breath and it's kind of almost like um, you kind of like that counting sheep idea where it's enough to keep you slightly distracted so you're not thinking about the stresses of the day but not stimulated enough that it'll keep you awake. So focus on one task and yeah. one task only. Yeah, Just exactly. getting to that almost meditative state, isn't it? Focusing in. Yeah. yeah, and it is that meditative breathing. So into the belly, into the chest, out from the chest, out from the belly. Count one, two on the in-breath and one, two on the out-breath. Look, and just quickly, I mean, sorry guys, we're going to run over just a fraction here, but we do want to get to the bottom of all this because I think that um, it's just such an important topic. We really want you to know what you could be doing. Um, also to mention before bedtime, of course, food choices, you know, the role of caffeine and sugar. Having caffeine and sugar late in the afternoon is going to stimulate again those those body responses that we don't want to be having activity, you know, 8, 10, 9, 10 o'clock at night. We want that stuff to be calming down. And that goes as well for things like the choice of carbohydrates. Um, we know that, you know, having high carb meals is going to drive a whole lot of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's actually Damien Christoph from uh, from the Wellness Guys who talks about good choice carbs. Good choice and, carbs. Yeah. Um, you know, that's your fruits, veggies, and salads and things like that. But having some good quality, good choice carbs at night for dinner with your good quality proteins and fats as well is actually conducive for good restful sleep because it helps to keep your blood sugar levels nice and balanced. It's going to stop that waking up between 1 and 3 a.m. because your blood sugar levels are all over the place and that's when your liver is kicking in. Uh, and so it helps to balance cortisol as well. Yeah. Um, so what you eat for dinner is actually really important for getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, and a big heavy meal does not help sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've probably heard it before, you know, that the evening meal shouldn't be the biggest or heaviest meal a day because you're about to go to sleep. You know, your body doesn't need to be doing a whole lot of heavy processing while you're trying to be using that energy for calming down and sleeping. Yeah. So, um, and one thing that's close to both our hearts, we, we talk about this all the time, and that is the supportive pillow and mattress. You just can't go to bed and not factor in how when you're going to spend eight hours 
a night on that mattress and that pillow. And then over the course of a lifetime, it's average that we're going to spend about 23 to, to 30 years of our life in bed horizontal. Um, yeah, you can't overlook that, can you? The, the investment in good quality mattresses and pillows. It really helps, but also your position on that bed and mattress is really important as well. Uh, so, you know, tummy sleeping is one of the worst things you can do for your body and your spine. So if you can imagine turning your head over your shoulder for eight hours a day and keeping it there. Uh, yeah, yeah the overstretch on those tissues. Is yeah, significant, yeah, isn't absolutely. It? Yeah. And changing, changing the curve through their neck there and all that sort of thing. So if there's any tummy sleepers out there, figure out a way to get off your tummy, lying on your side, pillow between your knees, on your back, pillow under your knees, that sort of thing will get you really, really comfortable. Yeah. Um, but that is a non-negotiable thing. No more tummy sleepers. <laughs> no more tummy sleepers. There was a funny little trick years ago I heard about um, with someone saying that if you do sleep on your tummy, what you can do is grab some gaffer tape, you know, the big, uh, the masking tape sort of stuff, and get a tennis ball and tape it to the front of your pyjamas because every time you go to roll back onto your tummy you're going to get this lumpy bumpy tennis ball in the middle of your tummy and uh, it doesn't feel too good so in your sleep you're going to roll back over again yeah, so great. to try and break that cycle of tummy sleeping so look i think that's um the big stuff today we've talked about you know obviously sleep the the biological purpose of sleep um, the hormones involved in sleep, you know, our cortisol, melatonin, um, and leptin as well, which is really important for anyone who's suffering with, with weight concerns. And, um, and then, of course, you know, what that's doing for our body. The needs for recovery and repair and regeneration and um, function, all these things that are just going to be missing out if we're not getting quality sleep. So let's sum it up today. We'll sort of run through and um, give you guys our Wellness Women top five tips for the best night's sleep possible. Andrea, take it out. Oh, definitely join the 10 p.m. club. So in bye -bye. 9.30 to be asleep by 10. Excellent. I'm going to say the lamps. For me, live by lamplight. Go into the evenings, dim the lighting, get your uh, brain switch slowing down just like the lights are. So, yep, dim your lights. Yeah, great. Get your phone out of your bedroom. Tech. Pretty simple, yeah. Yep, tech-free zone. Yeah. So, so bedrooms are technology-free zones. Excellent. Um, we've got two more. I think I'd probably choose the important role of the breathing patterns, you know, really calming things down and taking a moment for yourself just to, to bring yourself into a, a low, calm, energy-balanced state uh, before bedtime. It's a really, really special place to be as well, that acknowledgement that you've done a, a day and you're allowed to switch off. You're allowed to let yourself sleep and sleep well. Yeah, great. Um, and look, finally, I think that the things that you eat before bed are so important. So keep caffeine and sugar away. Um, you know, having lots of lots of chocolate for dessert is just going to be stimulating. Um, so ice cream's out? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think that should be out for anyone. Anyway, yeah. anyway, but um, of course. you know, having really good choice carbs um, with your with your meal at night as well is going to help, um, you know, induce really good restful sleep and just make it a priority. You know, sleep should be as important and you should put much, as much thought into it as you do the foods you eat, um, the way you move, the way you think, all of those sorts of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, for anyone who's interested, if you do want any further advice in, you know, in regards to the other thing we talked about, which is supportive pillows and mattresses, we really do recommend you go and consult um, the spinal specialists. And that's, they're the chiropractors, aren't they? Having a chat to chiros about, you know, what is recommended and you'll even notice when you go to mattress stores these days they do have you know chiropractic association recommended because these are the ones that have been tested and checked to make sure that they're supporting your spinal nervous system every single night you lie down yeah absolutely yeah. we're certainly going to advocate for that <laughs> yeah because i mean that's important it's just the thing if we're not looking after our bodies even when we're resting then we're not getting the best out of that sleep pattern regardless so guys i really hope that um you've learned a few things today and uh 
If you're stressing out now that you haven't been sleeping enough, don't stress, please. Just go home today and say, right, make the commitment, make a 30-day challenge for yourself. Set yourself a challenge to go to bed each night by a certain time to, you know, switch off the lights and just give yourself your top five sleep routine. And we'd love to hear from you once you've done a few of these things for a few weeks. Give us a shout. Let us know how you're going with it. Um, of course, join us with Facebook. We're always on there so that you can uh, connect with us, get, ask questions, give us feedback and uh, ask for any episodes that you'd like to hear about. And um, yeah, we'll put lots of this information up on there. Um, tell us what your sleep behaviors are like. Let us know what you're struggling with. Um, we'll certainly put up lots of resources there that will help you too. But always remember that if you really do have issues with sleep, with sleep deprivation um, or insomnia, you really need to consult your, your healthcare practitioners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there's going to be some, some further things that are needed there as well. Uh, but you can find us on Facebook. So Facebook dot com forward slash the wellness women or on our website thewellnesswomen.com.au super well tune in next week we look forward to joining that time with you i'm ashley and i'm andrea and we'll talk to you next week this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.